I want to welcome all of our listeners back to Search the Scriptures today. Great to be back together again. We're so thankful to know that so many people are out there wanting to learn God's Word, wanting to come closer to God, wanting to understand the Scriptures better. And here at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, as we come together each day on Search the Scriptures, we try to do exactly that, help you understand better what the Scriptures are really saying. We try to dig deep, look at them in detail, and yet explain them in a way that is easy to understand, and we try to do it in such a way that it makes sense for your everyday life. We want to help you get to heaven, and the best way we can do that is to teach you the Bible. The Bible, again, is God's Word, and not just teachings about God, but it is God's very Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, in the Greek, more literally, that is translated, all Scripture is God-breathed. In other words, God's very Word. We want to help you learn His Word. And as you do that, your faith in God can develop and then grow stronger. And as your faith grows stronger, you can come closer to God and ultimately come to Him His way through Jesus Christ, His Son, your Lord and Savior, as you believe in Jesus as such and then con confess your faith in Him as you repent of your sins and surrender to Him in baptism for the remission of your sins. And in that way, you become a new creation, as the Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. You are reborn. As Jesus said, you must be born of water and the Spirit in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. So we want to help you get to heaven. We want to help you learn God's Word better. We want to help you come closer to God. At the end of the program, we'll tell you how you can contact us. You can do that and then ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. And that is free. We will even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again for free, and we'll take care of the postage. I do encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. It is free to access our website. And while you're there, you can click on the listen button at the top of the home page and you can download literally hundreds of sermons, Bible classes, and also radio programs. You can also click on the articles button and you can download literally hundreds of bulletin articles that are biblically based. And so in those ways you can study through those various messages and you can in that way, learn God's Word better. Now, you can scroll down on our homepage to the podcast button, click on that, and in just a few short steps, maybe 60 seconds, you can enroll in our podcasting. And when you do that, you will receive automatically all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies, and all of our radio programs. They'll go directly to your device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, whatever you choose, and they'll go automatically to your device, automatically, every day, free. So you have some tremendous resource and study materials available to you for free. Take advantage of those. We encourage you to do so. Churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study talking about your faith. And over these first couple of 
programs, we have talked about how important faith is. We looked at at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and it tells us the definition, the biblical definition of faith, where the Hebrews writer writes, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, understanding that, we realize then that faith is not just a wild belief. It is not a leap in the dark, but faith is based on fact. It is based on evidence. It is based on substance. Then we also looked in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 11, and it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are, things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God created the heavens and the earth. God is spirit. We are flesh. So we can see the evidence, the, the, the evidence, the proof of God's existence all around us through his creation. But we cannot at this time lay physical eyes on God's person because again, we're flesh, he's spirit. Now, he did instill within us when he created us in his own image, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, he instilled within us a soul, so a spiritual essence. And it is that spiritual essence that will be with him forever in heaven if we live our lives faithfully before him on this earth. In the sixth verse of Hebrews chapter 11, the writer goes on and he says, without faith it is impossible to please him. Before he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the Hebrew writer not only defines faith for us and describes it in a way that we can relate to, saying by faith we can see the things or we can understand the things which we cannot lay our physical eyes on. But you know, some people might say, there you go, you just said faith is, is, is real, it is objective, it is based upon evidence. But you're saying faith helps you see things you can't see. Well, I understand that I cannot see electricity, but I can see the evidence of electricity. Therefore, I know electricity exists. I cannot see the wind, literally. I can see the leaves and the trees rustling in the wind. I can see the blades of grass rustling in the wind, but I cannot see the wind. But because of the evidence of the wind's existence, I know the wind is there. And we could look at numerous other examples of what we're talking about. Because when we look around at the world, when we look at the universe, when we look at the harmony in which everything exists together and the interdependency of all of the different systems upon each other to function effectively on an ongoing basis, well, that's the evidence of God, the creator, being behind the creation. So I must believe in God if I want him to save me. But I also must believe in Jesus as God's Son and my Lord and Savior. In John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus said, If you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, Jesus said, But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, We must have faith in God, and we must have faith 
in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, how is your faith? How is your faith? Faith moves us to become a Christian, and faith also sustains us in our Christian walk. Faith is vital. Vital. But it's important that each one of us individually, you, need to, re- need to understand that your faith depends upon you. Your faith depends upon you. In our last program, in this particular study, we looked at the text in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. I want to read that particular text again because it is very important to our understanding as to the development of faith within each one of us. Faith does not just land on you all of a sudden, does not just happen to you whether you want it or not. Faith is not a gift given by God but withheld by God from other individuals. God wants all to be saved. God wants all to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. Faith develops within you. The initial development of your faith depends upon you studying and believing and correctly applying to your life the teachings of God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 13, as we read last time, for whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then we ask the question, what does that mean? What are you supposed to do? What does it mean to call in the name of the Lord? Do we just shout out his name? Lord Jesus, or do we just somehow make a quiet, subtle statement? Jesus Christ, is that calling in the name of the Lord? Is that what that particular verse means in God's word? It is not what God, it is not what it means. Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do we call in the name of the Lord? Well, Paul goes on and he says in verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Oh, so we have to know who Jesus is in order for us to be able to believe in him. And the text goes on and says, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So we need to not just know the name, we need to know the person. We need to know the Savior, the Lord. We need to know what to believe about him. And how shall they hear without a preacher or a teacher? So we talked about how in the initial development of your faith, that initial development of your faith depends upon you studying and you believing and you correctly applying to your life God's word. So you need to either study the Bible on your own 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 encourages us to do that on a regular basis. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or correctly handling the word of truth, which is God's word. Or you'll need somebody to teach you God's word, to study with you, either in a personal way or maybe in a congregational setting or a Bible class setting. But you'll need somebody to teach you if you're not going to study it on your own and learn it sufficiently that way. In fact, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 21, the Apostle Paul said that that's God's chosen 
chosen methodology for spreading the gospel through the message preached to save those who believe. And also in Titus 1 and verse 3, that God's word was manifested through preaching. And remember that when Jesus issued the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So preaching or teaching is central to learning about God and about Jesus as our Lord and Savior and God's Son. So you need to learn what the scriptures teach about Jesus and about God before you can really have real faith in God and in Jesus. But not just learning and not just believing any even. But verse 16 of Romans chapter 10 goes on and says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. And so you have to do something with what you've come to learn. You have to obey those teachings, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, what is that again? How do we obey? We'll go back to Mark 16, verses 15 and 16 again. Go into all the world, Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. You see, we have to do something with our belief. There are countless people out there who believe in God, who believe in Jesus. But you know, James said in James chapter 2 that even the demons believe. Even the demons believe and tremble, he says. There are a whole lot of people who believe, but they never do anything with their belief. They never put it into action through obedience or faithful, dedicated Christian living. But they believe. Believing and obeying and living by God's word is key to your salvation. Now again, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we must believe, but we must know what we're supposed to believe. And we must not only come to understand what we're supposed to believe, but we need to grasp onto it. We need to embrace it. And that includes obeying that gospel message of Jesus Christ sent by God from the throne room of heaven through Jesus. So we must obey that message. We must accept its teachings and surrender our will to God's will that is communicated to us through his word. So whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that's going to be a process of your developing your faith in God and in Christ and acting upon that faith in dedicated, surrendered, humble obedience and living by those teachings on an ongoing basis. That is faithfulness. And all of that depends upon you. Not on somebody else, but upon you. I want us to go to the book of Acts chapter 2. And this is Pentecost and shortly thereafter. The church comes into existence on this earth on that day of Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus ascended back into heaven, after his death, burial, and resurrection. 
and then he taught upon this earth for another 40 days and then ascended back to heaven. So 10 days later, it's Pentecost. And Peter and the rest of the apostles are teaching the gospel to a multitude, a vast multitude of men who are gathered there from every nation under heaven in the known world at that time. And when it comes to the point where many of them ask Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? In verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, Peter They already had come, at least many of them, to believe on Jesus because Peter had been preaching them the gospel. And so when they said, what shall we do? In verse 38, Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now drop down to verse 40. Peter did not finish his sermon with that particular instruction of obedience. He kept on teaching and preaching. In verse 40, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And then verse 41, what was their reaction? Then those who gladly received his word, they had heard enough, they had learned enough that faith developed within them Those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, so they obeyed the gospel. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They understood it. They believed it. And they obeyed it by being baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. And then that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. The end of verse 41. Added to them added to them, added to the group of believers and obedient believers. They became Christians on that day. You drop down to verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, what do we get from verses 40 and 41, and then couple that with verse 47? Only those who heard and believed and obeyed were saved. Now again, what does verse 40 say? With many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And what was their response to his exhortation, Be saved? Then those who gladly received his word, they were ready to obey, were baptized. And that day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. They became a part of the Lord's church in that day. And in verse 47, the Lord adds those to his church daily who are being saved. Only those who believed what they heard as the gospel message, and obeyed, were saved. Only those. Now again, you see why I emphasize. Your faith depends upon you. When I ask the question, how is your faith? And you might be uncertain, or you might be unhappy with your faith. You might even be unsettled about your faith. 
because you know it's not where it should be. You know it's not what it should be. Well, your faith depends upon you. When it comes to developing your faith in God and in Christ, that depends upon you. Learning God's word sufficiently so you both understand and believe that Jesus is the Son of God and your Lord and Savior and that God is your creator. But then also you must take that belief and apply it properly through obedience. And that obedience must be not just initial in being baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, but you must live that faithful obedience for the rest of your life. Remember that Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life, which means eternal life. So you're development of faith, that, begin, that depends upon you. Let's stop for a moment and pray at this time. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you will help us understand faith and that you will help us to not just understand it, but to embrace it, to develop it within us individually and personally but not to let it end with just believing. But we want to be better than that. We want to put it into practice through obedience and consistent daily dedication. We want to be faithful until death because we want that crown of life. We want eternal life with you in heaven for all of eternity. Please guide us in this direction, Father, and toward this end. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.